You know what the most dangerous thing in America is, right? Nigga with a library card. <laughs> This is the Most Dangerous Thing in America podcast, a show in which we read books by black authors, and they're talked about by a black author, and you can listen. If you are black or not black, that is okay. This week on the podcast, I'm discussing Chain Gang All-Stars by Nana Kwame Ajay Brinya, uh, the author of Friday Black, a short story collection, which was fantastic. If you haven't read it, go read that. And if you haven't read, read Chain Gang All-Stars, go read that. Uh, which came out a couple months ago, and I just finished, and we are discussing it. I just finished, finished it yesterday, and discussing it uh, today. So I'm going to give a summary, going to go over some themes, going to talk about some questions, and then going to talk about things that I liked and didn't like. And with all of Fiction Podcasts, we try to keep it under 30 minutes, but with uh, this kind of book, which is going to be, I believe it's already been nominated for the National Book Award, a more serious book uh, will probably be right at 30 minutes. Why am I telling you this? If you're listening to the podcast, you already know how long it is. All right, a summary uh, of the book. So, the book takes place in a near dystopian future where a new blood sport has been created by a large corporation. The blood sport uh, is death matches between prisoners. So they're actually fighting to the death, and they voluntarily opt into this program as a way out of the regular prison prison existence and uh this uh this defines their lives the book uh, the book follows several characters the two most important characters by far are thurwar and hurricane stacks these are the two women who are on the same kind of team it's called a chain uh it's not really a team but they travel together and they are referred to as links in the chain. So they have moved up the ranks. Uh, Thurwar is the Grand Colossal. That's like the highest rank you can get. And Hurricane Stacks is a Colossal. And they've moved up the ranks to be two of the best in the sport. And they're trying to navigate their reality with love. While the world forces them to kill while they watch. So that's the other aspect of the blood sport. Is that it is constantly televised. So every aspect of their life is intruded upon. So, uh, there's your summary. Uh, there will be spoilers from here on out. So if you haven't read the book, you should stop and go read the book. Uh, if you're looking for an audio book, I don't know if, uh, Mr. Ajay Brinya has released an audio book. This will not be that. This will be my opinion. So just as a caveat for anybody listening, going, why is this guy talking about his opinions? This is a podcast about my opinions. All right. So the themes of the novel, we're going to cover four of them, three of them. So the first very obvious one is the carceral state, which is America. Uh, this is not as much a theme necessarily, although it is a theme, but it, it, it's literally just an element, right? So this is what the, this is the plot of the book, the, 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 um, the storyline of the book, all the characters are, uh, you know, involved in the system. And, uh, it is overtly about this, right? So this is, in a way, almost a protest novel in that sense. And so the book has subtext um, about other subjects. About this, he is not trying to be subtle at all. This is not like a, oh yeah, do you see this as a metaphor? It is about prison. It's about America sending black, black brown, uh, and uh, minority 
of all stripes to prison, but specifically black people, right? It's about sending trans people to prison. It's about the margin, the most marginalized amongst us going to prison, right? And that is overtly and explicitly stated, okay? So, uh, just to back that statement up a little bit more, the book is very literal in its statements about the facts of what it means to be in prison and who is in prison. And this is one function of the, uh, I guess you could call them footnotes. They're not, they're not numbered like a footnote, right? So, but they are, you know, basically footnotes. There's usually asterisks instead of footnotes. But one function of the footnotes throughout the book is to hide key facts and statistics about prison. And that's what I mean about this being an explicit uh, theme in the novel, right? Some things are layered underneath and we'll get to one that I think is more implicit. But this one is explicitly stated, hey, this thing's about prison. These people are going to prison. It's not right. I don't like it. I'm against it. And I recently saw uh, Ajay Brinya on Twitter talk about um, being for Palestine and against the oppressor. And that is very much a theme throughout his books. Uh, well, the other book is Friday Black, but this is what he deals with. He deals with the idea that the oppressed must uh, confront the oppressor. So um, that's there. Okay. Now, about the. So, I, I don't know if, you know, you can tell I'm for that. I like that. That's good. But this is a novel, right? So I'm going to discuss things about it just stylistically. I didn't like the footnotes stylistically that dealt with facts and figures about imprisonment. And there's, I'll get to the reason, a second reason why, when I talk about the second theme, but, or at least a contrasting reason why. But the first reason why is because because this is explicit, because it's so important, because it's such big information, I thought stylistically it, might have, it may have been interesting to include those facts and figures in a bigger way. And Flannery O'Connor talks about um, when you are trying to, uh, you know, shock an audience into understanding the metaphor, you make the figure 100 feet tall. I almost felt like the footnotes were too small for the information they contained. Um, so that's... That's uh, one idea about the footnotes there, and we'll come back to it. But anyway, our first theme, the carceral state, we leave it there, and we move on to our second theme, which is humanity. And so, uh, uh, Ajay Brinya asks, who is deserving of being considered human? Who is worthy of the label? And to me, the two characters who most exemplify this theme are Simon J. Kraft, who later becomes Jungle Kraft, and Hendrix Singer. And I thought that Kraft's backstory, so the... These two and other prisoners also, but just real quick about Kraft. I loved his backstory. I thought that that was the strongest writing in the book. Page 171 to 173 in the book deals with, um, I got the hardback. Let me just, you hear that? It's that hardback. There's nothing like in the novel, uh, especially one, an author that you like, and you get the, that hardback, you know? Some books I finish and I go, I don't want this, I'm going to sell it, but something like this, and, you know, this will be on the shelf. Uh, anyway, 171 to 173 is basically uh, Simon J. Craft's, well, it's really Jungle Craft's backstory, right? Simon J. Craft existed, but this is, this is Jungle Craft's backstory and how he came to be. And basically he's being tortured in this scene by an officer, Lawrence, who um, uses this device that's also explained in the novel. The device was created um, accidentally. And so we'll come back to that theme in just a moment. Um, but it ends up being used to torture people. And it's called the influencer. And it basically turns them into a shell of themselves. And that's what happens here. And I, I wanted to read the passage, but there's just, 
so much of it. I'm just going to read the first, um, I'm just going to read a very little section because otherwise I'm going to end up reading five pages, but I would say the whole chapter, it's actually, yeah, it's 171 to one. It's actually one of the longer chapters, 171 to 180. And I just thought it was beautiful. But so the black rod sticks into my neck and hyphen, then he punches me in the shoulder. Right. And this is almost like a poem. So each line, I'm going to actually just say line. Okay. Well, no, I won't do that. I'll just pause a little bit. The black rod sticks into my neck and then he punches me in the shoulder and my shoulder explodes and I can feel the bone shatter. My tendons firing into the air. I, I asterisk, he says, don't look down. Help me, please help me. Then next line, I'm sorry. I scream. It's very well done. It's beautiful. It's tragic. It's heartbreaking. You see the man come apart in real time. Um, and yeah, so I, I thought that his humanity, and, and, the thing, and the thing about it, and the thing about all these characters, they're murderers, right? These people are murderers before they decide to opt into the blood sport program. So what, um, what Ajay Brinya is saying is even these people deserve humanity. And you were reading Simon J. Kraft being tortured and it doesn't matter that he killed somebody. It, nobody deserves what he's getting. So I thought that um, that really hit home. And then Hendrix Singer is just a very likable character. Is missing an arm. Um, he functions almost like the, the blind prophet at the beginning of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? In a way. Or kind of like the Greek chorus. Um, he's, he's, he's the conscience of the book. He's almost like a narrator for, for the team that he travels with. You know, he literally sings. Um, and so I'll get back to craft and singer in terms of name and voice. Uh, but, um, so remember those themes, but singer, um, he shows empathy even towards convicted murdering Nazis who were on his chain with him. They were both links in the chain. And he says as much, he says they wouldn't have shown me this kindness, but he shows them this, his kindness. Even then his, uh, he extends humanity to them. Um, Okay, and then moving on to a few more characters, we have Sunset, who is a former Colossal who didn't believe himself worthy of humanity. Um, we have Thurwar, who's the Grand Colossal, after Sunset, and, and she doesn't believe herself deserving of humanity. So there's a nice passage on page 303 where Thurwar is talking to a, a doctor that she's imprisoned with before she decides to join up and be a part of the Bloodsport program. And, uh, you know, she basically says... Um, Listen, I'm different from you. I'm a murderer. You're in prison for burning down your laboratory. We're not the same. And the doctor says, Thurwar says, listen, I have control. You didn't have control. And the doctor says, and so what? I learned a long time ago. On this one thing, you don't negotiate. You love through all the people you've been and hope you have a chance at being better. The doctor pulled her leg back onto her bunk. What I'm telling you is you can curse yourself to the moon and back. And what will it have you feeling like? But try to look at yourself and say, I love you, and see what happens. It would be a lie. You'd done worse than that before, is what the doctor says. I, so, beautiful passage, and it's Thurward trying to grapple with the idea of extending humanity and grace to even herself. And obviously, part of it is the murders that she committed to go to prison. Part of it, this is before she joins the Bloodsport program, right? And then part of it is the conditioning of what you are um considered once you enter prison right because yes you've done something horrible but does that mean you should be um reduced to the status of a nothing right 
So, yes, by centering people who murdered people, this forces us to ask ourselves, are we capable of extending humanity to the quote-unquote worst amongst us? Uh, Sunset, to go back to him, um, he was a rapist. And so is uh, Simon J. Kraft. Um, are we capable? You know, he didn't, uh, Ajay Brenda didn't give us pickpockets. There's an innocent man at, at one point in the novel. But he didn't give us pickpockets. He didn't give us um, the, the cliche mother stealing a loaf of bread to feed her, her child. He gave us people who committed, for the most part, crimes of passion um, or whatever. But they committed murders. And we have to extend grace to them. And even... Even on page 201, we get stacks in a very real moment talking about the idea of um, having these intrusive thoughts. She's, she's thinking and she goes, what if she killed him? What if she just did it today? She had days where it seemed like all she could do, all she could think of was killing the people around her. Um, we are asked to extend humanity even to these people. And the interesting part about it is the people who watch the program inside of the novel, they are able to extend humanity onto the people, but only after they're exploited, which is obviously problematic. Uh, now, I return to the th uh, footnotes theme, or footnotes idea here, because here's my contrast of where I love the use of footnotes. So every time a prisoner is low-freed, so what that means is when you, if you become a Grand Colossal, you fight your way through, you don't die in all your different matches, and you're able to get out. You're freed. That's high freed, right? The adjective high on top of freed. If you die, you're low freed. You're now freed of the system, but obviously uh, I don't have to tell you the difference between high and low. What I like about uh, what um, Ajay Brinya does here is that anytime a person is low freed, there's an asterisk next to their name. And then we get the, a little bit of their backstory. If we've already gotten their backstory, then we get less of their backstory. If we've never gotten their backstory, then we get more of their backstory. And I thought that this made great sense. These people who have been uh, shoved into prisons are then made to be nothing more than a footnote in history, right? That's what they're made to be. And I thought stylistically that made a lot of sense. So uh, I loved th those footnotes. Um, and then ultimately, Mari, who is Sunset's daughter, centers her protest around the idea of humanity. So just to put a bow in on the humanity theme, uh, it's very much there. It's very much present. Okay, and then I'd like to talk about the implicit theme, which is capitalism. Um, and it's not so implicit, right? There's overt capitalism themes, like people um, buy the different weapons that the prisoners use. People can buy versions of them. People can show up and, and um, snap a picture with prisoners at the battlegrounds. Uh, they, they can subscribe for, they can watch like free reality TV of the people. So almost like the UFC, there's UFC shows where you can watch like tra uh, fighters training and stuff. Um, you can watch that for free, but then for the events you have to pay. So there's, there's overt or explicit capitalist capitalistic themes, but one that might be slightly more implicit is that, you know, viewing ourselves as the prisoners, right? So it's very easy to view ourselves as the audience projecting onto the prisoners and reducing them to um, beings without humanity. 
uh, it's also easy to picture what I'm going to say now, which is that ultimately the prisoners choose to participate, though it's not much of a choice. It's easy to see how this is a proxy for our own, often literal, blood, sweat, and tears that we use to make a living in the capitalist system. The prisoners are being exploited, like workers, and are certainly at odds with the system they are a part of, like plenty of workers today. Um, so I think this is an implicit theme of the novel that's not as explicit as the carceral state and not as explicit as the other more, um, you know, obvious uh, uh, critiques of capitalism, right? Because um, I think it, I think that the reason this one might, you know, be, it's it's not like it's not, it's very obvious that it's there. But what I mean is that, it's much easier to see the murdering prisoners and picture yourself just, uh, you know, wanting to give them humanity because they're a person like you who also loves um, that kind of thing. I think we put them in our, our own shoes, but like, yeah, you might not necessarily think like I am like that worker, um, the prison worker who fights to the death. You know, my office job where I clean spreadsheets is similar to the prison worker who fights to the death. That might be a harder connect, right? But an easier connect might be, um, <laughs> I, uh, I understand the feeling of love. I understand of having made a mistake. I understand not feeling like I'm worth while I understand those themes and, you know, can, uh, can relate to those themes. So anyway, I thought that was the third thing that, and, uh, one that I'd like to talk about. And then, yeah, okay. Some questions and, uh, great novels always have open-ended questions. Now, this novel has open-ended questions, but it also has closed questions. So, um, here are the closed questions. I only wrote down two. There's probably more. Uh, one, uh, who deserves humanity? That's a closed question. The answer is everybody, right? That is a conclusion of the novel. That is not up for debate. He is not, um, he's not asking us to, you know, uh, figure out eh, who deserves humanity. The, the question is everyone, right? Everyone. Um, everyone deserves humanity, right? And of course there can be, you know, exceptions, right? I, mean, I, I, I guess we wouldn't extend humanity to Hitler, right? We would just shoot him in the head. Um, and then the second closed question is, is America a, a carceral state? Closed question. 100%. The statistics, the, the statistics back it up. That is not up for debate in this novel. Now, what is up for debate? And what is open-ended? Can we do better? And what is a better system? And what I liked about uh, the novel is there's a chapter in which Mari, who is uh, Sunset's daughter, but also a advocate for um, prison reform, but is not sure that she wants to see her father, right? So she's fighting the war within herself. And she's a good question. Um, she's a good, um, uh, you know, sit-in for all of us. We want to do better, but what does better look like? It can't just be saying that we want to do better. We, we all, you know, ultimately we've got to figure it out. So it's a two part question because the first question is, can we even do better? Are we capable? Are we capable of walking in love into the world and living a life with love? This theme is also brought out with Stax and Thurwar who are attempting to change the, um, the uh the environment around their chain other chains they kill each other because you get you get points for it you get blood points right so again back to the capitalism right you you eat each other their workers eat each other and you get more points but um 
Third War tries to institute a system where there will be no killing on the chain, right? It's almost like a union. Okay. Um, are we capable of this? Can we do better as a chain, that smaller unit? Then zoom out. Can we do better as a society, that bigger unit? And if we can do better, what does it look like? Now, when Mari has her feet held to the fire, she's not able to answer the question. But, that, but just because we can't answer it right now doesn't mean that we shouldn't be doing better. And as with many of these questions, maybe the person who's asking the question can't answer it. There's a lot of smart people. There's a lot of smart people in the world. We're not required. It is not a requirement that every single person who asks a question is able to answer it. Now, it is a requirement, I would hope, that people are asking good questions because there is the annoying aspect of it. But if a person is asking a good question, I would hope that the best amongst us, the most intelligent of us, could say, okay, here's a better way for us to do it. So Mari asked the question. She poses the question. It's up to the best minds in our society and all of us in general, right? Not, I'm not saying that we need some elite class to govern over us, all of us in general, but let's say all of us in general decide, hey, listen, you guys are smart. Help us come up with something here. Come up with something, right? Asking the question doesn't mean you have to have the answer. I'm sure Ajay Brunya has got a version of his answer of what would be a better system. And other people out there have a version of their answer of what would be a better system. There's no, there is no way that you can look at the American prison system as it is right now. So obviously I'm going away from the book, right? But in the book or as it is right now and say, oh yeah, this is the best we can do. It's not. This is not the best we can do. And if it's not the best we can do, then what can we do? We can do better. How? Okay, that's the question. Now, let's get to answering it. All right. That's about it for that, okay? Um, now I'm going to get more into just pure opinion stuff. So things I liked. I liked the nuggets of wisdom. They're throughout the book. My favorite was page 303. That's why I shared it. You know, my uh, college coach used to tell me, he used to tell all of us, um, basically everybody on the team was black. There was one non-black player. Um, but he used to tell us, you got to love yourself. You know, you got to love yourself. And that's, that's part of this book. You got to love yourself. You have to see the value of yourself. Okay. So that's that. Second thing I liked was the inventive language in the universe. I love the slightly augmented reality. I love the surreal sci-fi aspect of, uh, Ajay Brinya's work. And that's in all of his work too. And, and I thought, you know, I, I believe that he has worked closely before with George Saunders and that's another aspect of George Saunders work. That's really nice too. So I recognize that in Friday black, you recognize it here. It's that just the world is 45 degrees askew and then a little bit more technical technologically advanced. And what it does is it makes the idea that America could participate in a blood sport that everybody watches a little bit more believable. You know, because you're going, oh, right, well, this isn't that far away from my reality. And the fact of the matter is, it isn't. So I love that. And then, yeah, all of the nomenclature, high freed, low freed, grand colossal, um, different things, loved it. And then I, this is where I'll come back to Simon J. Craft and Hendrix Singer, my two favorite characters in the novel. Um, now, getting back to the two words I used earlier, names and voice. Simon J. Craft is constantly remembering his name and saying his name, and he doesn't forget his name. And one of the things we say about 
the different people who have been murdered by the police in America say their name. And that's one of the things Ajay Brenya does throughout the novel. There are footnotes where he says somebody's name and he repeats it three times, four times, five times. Say their name. Don't let them be forgotten. Simon J. Kraft is the embodiment of that idea. Hendrix Singer is the voice of the voiceless. He was in a he was in a prison where they restricted voice. And there throughout the novel there are different times where voice is restricted for the prisoners. Singer represents the voice for the voiceless. He gave up his he went into this just so he could have a voice. It was that important to him. It was better to be um you know almost uh not almost it was better to risk his life on a weekly basis than to be voiceless. So the nameless, the voiceless, craft singer, the best, the best. Um, what I disliked about the book, it's the classic conundrum. Did I like singer and craft because there was so little of them or did I actually, uh, or, and by extension, do I actually want more of them? You understand what I'm saying? Um, I hate to use a basketball reference, but you know, it's the, it's the center who comes in for 10 minutes a game and shoot 65%. Oh, we should give him the ball more. Now that now he's shooting 40%. Now that I don't think that would have happened with Singer and Kraft, but the impact of their story may have been that there was just so little of it. It may have been that. I don't know. I loved it. I probably couldn't read an entire novel about Singer and Kraft. Um, but ultimately I did find their story more compelling. And then I just naturally am contrasting it to Third War and Stacks. I was more invested in Singer and Craft and Thurwar and Stax. And um Thurwar and Stax are compelling characters. So uh I don't know. I don't know what to do with that except that's just how I felt. That was something that I noticed about it. Um and then I guess if I was going to give a critique, my only critique then would be that despite the short chapters, I thought the book dragged a bit. And all books drag, and all books necessarily have to drag, and they're ferried along by strong, beautiful writing. And there's certainly plenty of beautiful prose in Ajay Brynja's book. Uh, but I still, despite that, found myself at times pushing through the novel rather than organically wanting to arrive at the end of the novel. And um, it's the kind of thing you can't quite put your finger on. You understand what I mean? Um, because there are so many things I did like about the novel, but that, that just one little aspect of it, not moving with the pace I, I thought it would, but it did because it was a short chapter novel, but it didn't in a way. So, um, that would be my critique. But other than that, I loved the themes, obviously loved the setting, loved the characters, um, really loved singer and craft and yeah, um, pick it up. Read it. Read Friday Black as well. Friday Black is excellent. Pick that up and read it, and you will not be disappointed. We did it. That's the end of the podcast for this week. We came in under time. Uh, please rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast is where I listen. A lot of folks are on YouTube. We're on YouTube as well. Check that out. Um, if you would like to support me, I don't have a Patreon or anything, but in the show notes, you can buy my book self-published. Um, I'm going to be honest with you here. I wrote that book like 10 years ago, so I can't say like, uh, I love, I, I would never go back and reread it now. You know what I mean? You just change as a person over 10 years, but, um, 
you know, check it out if you would. Uh, <laughs> the music is by the, the Keep Running. Um, my other writings are in the show notes. You can check out the Keep Running or me in the show notes. Follow me on Twitter, etc. Um, I will be back in two weeks with a new book that I don't even know yet. I've got a couple of different ideas, but I'm not sure. But it'll be something, and it'll be in the feed. So, yeah, check it out when it's out. And I believe that's it. So, until next time, stay safe, stay black, and keep reading. Ha, 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 ha,